0: Well, in case you have never seen The Karate Kid, you just saw the whole thing, right there. (laughs) I mean, the trailer was the entire movie, just about in perfect chronological order uh, for that. So, spoiler alert, I mean, that that is the entire uh, movie. Here's the one sentence, I love these, description on IMDb of this 1984's cult classic. A martial arts master agrees to teach karate to a bullied teenager. Oh, but it was so much more than that. <laughs> I loved this movie. As a kid, uh, just to give myself a little bit of street cred, maybe, uh, I had the pajamas to prove it. So I, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever worn a hat like that ever again in my life, so I don't remember what that was all about, but I had the, the pajamas. The classic teenager angst story with karate. This was amazing. This is a great movie. Who didn't want to have the skills to beat up the bullies? This movie is uh, single-handedly credited, if you look it up and, and see how it impacted, uh, this movie is single-handedly credited with popularizing karate in the United States. I mean, there's a, this is why, this movie is why I took Taekwondo for just a little bit. Uh, I actually had a bonsai tree at one point in my life. I, I did. I, it's true. It died very quickly. Uh, And I continue to watch martial arts films. Now, I just want to let you know, there's only three Karate Kid films. Uh, The next Karate Kid, that doesn't count. Some of you don't even know this one exists. The fourth one, that doesn't count. Even Mr. Miyagi couldn't count that. And I love Jackie Chan. I I do. Jackie Chan is great. There's only three Karate Kid movies. (laughs) All right. Karate Kid, it was the top rental video of 1984. It gave us classic line after classic line like, man who catch fly with chopstick, can do anything. <laughs> wax on, wax off. And the always great, get him a body bag, yeah! Now, did, did you know this? If you go on YouTube, you've probably seen some of the uh, advertisements for this. You can, you can watch 10 episodes of the new Cobra Kai show, which actually has Johnny and it has Daniel LaRusso in there and their kids are in it and all that kind of stuff. There's 10 episodes. So like 30 years down the road, you can revisit all the great nostalgia from, uh, from the movie. And Daniel still looks like a wimp. Here, here are a couple, uh, just a couple of like, things that I find interesting. And, and Chip kind of alluded to a couple of these things a little bit earlier. He talked to uh, what Ralph Macchio has to deal with with the film. Well, William Zabka, he's got a great last name, Johnny, he still has people who come up to them on the street and want to beat him up. Because they, like they, he has to explain to them, no, this was just a role for the film, I'm not actually like this. This is just a character. And Ralph Macchio, he wasn't 34, but at the time of shooting this movie, he was 22 years old. And you, and that, that's, I don't know. I just thought it was cr- No, he was really 22 years old. Even the actors on set didn't uh, didn't believe him. Now, there's kind of holes in, in the movie, uh, but that's okay. You know, it's movie magic, so well, I mean... Daniel did not have enough training time to actually win this tournament. I mean, this would have never happened like this in real life. He would have gotten his butt handed to him. But that's just how amazing Mr. Miyagi is. Like In this movie, I was never really impressed with Daniel much at all. I mean, he's kind of a whiny punk. And yeah, Anyway, uh, Mr. Miyagi, though, he was amazing. His sage wisdom, I mean, he, he could do the thing, and it was just incredible to watch him. He had all these great... Lines He would either regularly give you all the answers to life or he would tell you when it doesn't matter whether or not you know the answer because Miyagi does both and it sounds great in a movie, but we kind of hate that in real life. Most of us gravitate to someone or something in our life that we think provides all the answers. It's either that or we distract ourselves from the questions. I mean, you look at Johnny and you look at Daniel's life and they're not that different. At least their fundamental issues in life are not that great. I mean obviously Johnny has some daddy issues. I mean you you watch the movie and he kinda goes to John Kreese, the sensei of Cobra Kai, and strike first, strike hard, no mercy kinda mantra, and he just wants to be distracted from his problems. And so he goes and he learns and has this father figure from this guy who's really just caught up in his own ego and wanting to further his own (laughs) psychopathic issues, you know, and, and pass that on to to other teenagers. Daniel, he's got the same issue. No dad in the picture, but he's a little bit different. He seeks out this father figure that doesn't just help him out in these momentary troubles that he has in high school for the next couple months, but he gives him life lessons. Miyagi wants to see Daniel succeed not just in a tournament or not just getting beat up by a couple of guys, but to actually succeed in his life. We have so many different directions, motivations in which to look for love and acceptance and meaning, so many you know, varying degrees of success in the things that we pursue, the answers that we look for in this life, that I think it's necessary in moments to remind ourselves to kind of take a step back, take a breath, and soberly consider what will actually holistically benefit us in life beyond just a moment or beyond just temporary troubles. Think of all the dumb decisions you made in high school alone. All right, maybe that was just me. But I know it's not. What if you had someone constantly looking out for your best interests, someone who was willing to walk alongside of you no matter what you were going through, and you knew that if you followed their direction, you would never be steered wrong? What if you had that in your life in high school? Well, you would have ignored them because you thought you knew everything. Because we all want to be the exception to the rule. But listen to this ancient wisdom that God gives us through Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor in a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And Some of you, I, I, you know, you hear this passage, maybe you've read this passage before, or even if you haven't, you said, okay, that seems like something that might be in the Bible. But, but how important is it for us to read this and actually remember and think about the significance of what God is claiming here in this passage? It's a whole other thing to put this idea of trusting in the Lord with all of our heart and leaning not on our own understanding. Trusting that he will make all of our paths straight if we acknowledge him. And it's so important for us to be regularly reminded of things that we forget so often. And first and foremost is God's commands and his teachings. It should be the case that simply because of his sovereign role as God, as creator and savior of our lives, that we obey him. I mean, like there should be no other expectation in our life beyond that, that anything else, that God should give us anything else, that we should be able to expect anything else from God. But if we believe those things, it makes sense to discipline our lives according to his way. But God doesn't just leave us there. He also makes the promise of a comprehensively, holistically better life if we live the way that he created us to live. I and mean, there's some nuance here in understanding the text because uh, most of the time our trouble comes when we try to define that based on how we want our lives to be rather than how God wants us to live. Post-salvation for the Christ follower becomes very quickly apparent whether or not we trust God with our lives, whether or not we trust him in such a way that we're willing to follow what he calls us to do. After Daniel's son is initially enamored with Miyagi's Mastery of karate and how he saves him from the bullies, he comes to this defining moment in his life where he has to decide whether or not he is going to be okay with how Miyagi is training him to be able to have the same results in his life. And so we get to this great movie reveal when he discovers this. What spot? What spot? Hey, hey, how come you didn't tell me you were going fishing? Uh, you are not here when I go. Well, maybe I wouldn't want her to go, you ever think of that? You karate training. I'm what? I'm being you slave is what I'm being, man. Now we made a deal here. So? So? So you're supposed to teach and I'm supposed to learn, remember? Ah, hey. uh, you learn plenty. I learned plenty. I learned how to sand your decks, maybe. I wax your car, paint your house, paint your fence. I learned plenty, right? Uh, not everything is as seen. I'm going home, man daniel son. daniel son. What? Come here. Show me sand sure. floor. Sand of floor. Sand floor. Big sucker, sand of floor. Sand of floor. Show me paint the house. Say, say. luck list side 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 us yes. show me wax on wax off catch that that catch show me pentafins catch face that Man, I had never, as a kid, wanted to sand a floor more than after watching that scene. It was amazing. Loved it. I don't know why more parents haven't taken advantage of this. <laughs> kids, go wash the car. Why? You'll learn karate. It'll be amazing. You know, it'd be great. By the way, uh, if, for those of you that remember that clip, I, I just a little bit of shout-out to to Chip here. Um, there's a lot more language in this movie than I remembered. Uh, for in the, in, anyway, so don't watch that clip with your with your kids. This, to me, was the coolest part of the whole movie. It was this light bulb moment where Daniel thought that Miyagi was just using him for free labor, uh, but in reality, Miyagi was teaching him karate. He was giving the muscle memory and training and strength that he needed in order su- to succeed. And all the dots are connected in Daniel's mind. And he realizes that Miyagi always had his best interests at heart. And it began to dawn on him that if he followed his master's instructions, it will pay off in his life. But he had to decide whether or not he was actually going to continue on and trust in Miyagi's methodology. Verse 5 and 6 of this passage, I mean, like it's one of those things that you might have up on your house, it might be a passage you're familiar with, but these are difficult words to know and to live out and trust in our lives. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, with everything that you do and everything that you are. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. That's not easy. And yet it has life-changing implications for you and for me and anybody who's connected to us. There's this part in the movie, actually it was in the trailer, where Daniel... And, and Miyagi are back in his garage, and they're clipping bonsai trees. And Daniel's like, I don't know how to do this. What, <clears throat> what's the approach here? And he says, make a picture, uh, you know, and, and do that, whatever it is. And he says, how, Daniel says, how do I know it's the right one? And he says, oh, well, if, it, if come from inside, you know, never wrong. And that's the wisdom that he gives him. And that's probably the prevailing philosophical wisdom of the day. And it might be the worst advice that you can give anyone. I mean, this is where the movie kind of a little bit falls apart where he says this. Unless the person that you're talking to is absolutely brilliant, perfect even, like this is terrible advice. Why are we here? Make a picture in your heart and whatever it is, it'll be the right one. How do I change a tire? Here's some crayons and a piece of paper. (laughs) Make a picture and however you think you want it to be, like do that and that'll be great. No, this is terrible life advice. It doesn't work that way. Let me let me talk to you. if if you're a Christian if you believe in Jesus is that's something that you've been convinced of and you've seen God at work in your life and you trust and believe in Jesus for your salvation here's what you and I should be developing our trust in knowing and believing and living out our trust in this truth that God's best interests are for our best interests and when we get into trouble in our life is when we think we're exceptions to that And we switch it the other way around. And we want our best interest to be God's best interest. God gets the glory, the honor, and praise as our sovereign king. And when we forget his teaching or ignore his commands, those are the moments in which we miss out on his peace, on his prosperity, and our path seems to be all over the place. And it's ironic to me how often we think that these truths are meant to be punitive. But this is not how God speaks to us in this chapter, God is looking out for us through his commands. That's the mindset that he has. He's not looking out to, to get you and like forcing you to do things this way in particular because he just wants to see you jump through hoops, even though it would be perfectly within his bounds to be able to do as, as sovereign. God wants us to succeed, he doesn't want anyone to perish. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes to the Philippian church, he says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Just as Daniel needed the discipline to train his body to be prepared to defend himself, you and I need the discipline of God's commands to prepare ourselves for life, whether or not we know the answers to the question or not. And it's a yes or no proposition. And the more we compartmentalize our faith and we kind of keep our church stuff over here and our God stuff over here and our thing over here, the more difficult it is for us to experience the faithfulness of God's promise in our life. And eventually, it just becomes impossible. We kind of fall away from it. There's this moment in the movie where um, Daniel uh, Miyagi asks Daniel, "Hey, are you ready for training?" And he says, I, "I guess so." And then Miyagi does this classic. He tells this this little parable to Daniel. He says, "Walk on road. Hmm. Walk on right side, safe. Walk on left side, safe. Walk middle. Sooner or later, <coughs> squish like grape. I can't do Miyagi. Neither man. Watch an interview with Pat Morita. You will be blown away. He doesn't. Anyway, here karate, same thing." Either you karate do yes or karate do no. You karate do guess squish like grape. Do or do not. There, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, understand? You know, and Daniel's like, yeah, okay, now I'm, I'm ready. Yes or no? Are you in or not? And our teacher isn't a karate master. It's the creator of the universe who chooses to work in and through us to accomplish his purposes. When we trust God's path, we can expect his promises in our life. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Memorize it, write it down, print it out, put it on your mirror, (laughs) put it somewhere where you're gonna see it at work, teach your children by this principle. I've used this uh, quote from G.K. uh, Chesterton before, but I think it bears repeating. He writes in What's Wrong With The World, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. Daniel was ready to quit on Miyagi because he didn't have all the answers. He hadn't been able to connect the dots on his own. And there's a temptation there for me and for many of us when we can't see the entire picture the way that God sees it, that that it doesn't seem quite worth it to go through maybe some of the things that, that we go through and deal with things the way that God calls us to deal with them. But if we had God's view, I don't think we would question it nearly as much. If, if at all. Most of us wouldn't. If Daniel knew that he was going to win the tournament ahead of time because, because of following Miyagi's unorthodox method of teaching him karate, he would have questioned it a lot less because his issue wasn't that he wasn't willing to put in the work. It was just that he didn't know what was going to happen. The difference for us is that God has described his view to us. He shared what it looks like from his perspective, and it's an eternal one that he invites us to participate in. Paul does his kind of Mr. Miyagi thing uh, with Timothy, who's kind of his Daniel son. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, he says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Hope in God. Trust in Him with your entire heart. Daniel says, I don't know if I know enough karate. Miyagi says, feeling correct. Daniel says, you sure know how to make a guy feel confident. Miyagi says, you trust the quality of what you know, not quantity. Mic drop moment. And I would amend that only slightly for our context to this. Trust the quality of who you know in your life. Capital W. And when you do, you'll train yourself for godliness. You'll continue to work out your salvation, and you'll regularly remind yourself of God's teaching and commands and the promises that come along with walking that path. The only way that you're going to accomplish this in your life is if you know what God commands. And, and there, look, there are multiple spiritual disciplines throughout Scripture. Uh, we're going to enter into one of those uh, this evening as we pray and have prayer night at 5 o'clock uh, here at, at Velocity. But, but the thing, the foundational thing that I just want to really challenge you to create a space for in your life is to, is to know God's word through the scripture. you, you got to be reading your Bible. If you believe in God and his promises and what he's done for us through Jesus, you've got to open up your Bible. If I come up to you and, so, and say, show me, turn the page, or scroll the finger, right, you need to have your Bible or the app on your phone where, where you've been working that out in your life, where you've been disciplining yourself to know what God says about himself and about life. This is what you need to remind yourself of the path that you're trusting in that is leading you to God's promises. Open up your Bible, pick a time that you know that you're actually going to do this. Schedule it, put it as a meeting in your schedule, set an alarm for it, tell your kids to go elsewhere. You know, I I mean, lock yourself in the bathroom if you have to. Give Facebook a crane kick to the face. What, I mean, whatever you need to do. Buy a Bible that you'll read. We have free ones in the lobby. We'd love for you to take it. Write in it. Make notes. Doodle. Highlight. Whatever you've got to do. Download it to your phone. Search in your app store, Uversion, And you're going to get so many different uh, versions that you can use for. There's so many different reading plans on there. I know some of you are like, ah, I'm not much of a reader. You've got to tighten up. All right, you've got to get past that. I'm just kind of done with, with that. part. I mean, listen to it. And There's audio versions on that, so listen to it. Have it be a part of your life and your everyday discipline. Wrestle with your assumptions and presumptions about God based on what he's preserved in the Bible for thousands of years rather than your impressions about what you think he said or what some preacher said he said. Know your Bible. Memorize it. Memorize it. So when you come up into moments when you need it, it's there and ready and it's with you. You have trained yourself. You have that muscle memory. When you're confronted with something and you need that recall in your life, understand it. There are tools to help you do that. Help you understand the context of what you're reading, where this letter is coming from, and who wrote it, and what's going on behind it. I'm going to give you a great tool. i show you a picture of it. This is thebibleproject.com. If you go to thebibleproject.com, the Bible you can go to the website, click on Explore, and you can go through, check out all these themes. You can go through and see introductions to every single uh, book in the Bible. Uh, they have an app that you can download and go through and help you with a reading plan and go through that, memorize your Bible, understand it, know it, and apply it. You got to, you got to try it, at least, and do what it says to see if God's gonna be faithful to his promise. I mean, that's the thing, It, it comes with a promise that's guaranteed from our Creator and Savior. And you may not understand, for example, why it says to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, but if you start doing it, I guarantee you that you will discover along the way why it says that. And share it with people. Share it in your life by living it out. And this is the way in which our lives change. This is the way in which we defeat the enemy. This is the way in which we defend ourselves. This is the way in which we put ourselves on track with the path, not to just trust in God in our lives, but being a part of the community with those who are walking along that same path and have that same opportunity to invite others on that path with you. This is is how we trust in God with our everything. This is how, instead of leaning on our own understanding and our own view of life and what's going to happen, this is, this is how our paths are made straight and how the promises of God come forth in our life. When we trust God's path, we can expect his promises. So I, as a Christian, I, I just want to encourage you to, to make sure that's a part of, of your life. Maybe you've got Bible reading down and maybe that's not a thing for you. I mean, it, it is the foundational thing is simply to know what God says. Maybe move on to the next thing for you and incorporate more prayer into your life. Whatever that next spiritual discipline, if you've never fasted before, maybe it is. Maybe for you it's, it's like, oh, I'm not even on this faith journey yet. I'm not even on that path. And so I would just ask you to maybe spend some time reading scripture um, in, in preparation for deciding what you're going to do with Jesus. Like, is this the thing that I'm going to follow in my life? Is this the, the one whom I'm going to look for answers and direction in my life with everything that I deal with? And then decide whether or not you're going to make that decision to follow him and to start that journey in your life. One of the things that we do at Velocity is, is baptism. Uh, it's something that's described over and over throughout uh, Scripture, throughout the New Testament. Uh, it's what people do. When they're confronted with this decision as to whether or not they're going to follow Jesus and allow him to be king and lord over their life. Maybe that's something that you've been considering or you know somebody that has been. And I want to encourage you to talk to that person. Or I want to encourage you to come talk to me or come talk to Chip or come talk to the person who brought you or who's sitting next to you uh, in the aisle. Because it's the... It is the thing, it is your moment where you realize that God connects all the dots and that you don't have to understand everything, but he's going to lead you on the right path in your life. Let me pray for us. God, I want to thank you for your wisdom. I want to thank you for uh, being trustworthy, uh, for being the one uh, that we can know that has all the answers and that if we follow you, um, that, that we don't have to. That we don't have to deal with the pressure and anxiety that comes with not knowing everything that's going to happen in our lives because you have our best interests at heart. God, we ask that you uh, give us the courage to, uh, to live that out. We ask that you continue to remind us through your Holy Spirit of your word, uh, what you've taught us and what you've commanded us. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to uh, share this trust and this hope that we have in the living God with others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.